This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Eliezer becomes extremely agitated. He's very worried at this point. And he's got this huge question, which he raises in verse 5. He says, he says, peradventure, just by chance, the woman will not be willing to follow me under this land. Must I needs bring your son again to, the, to that place? And Eliezer, he was probably married, or he knew women well, so, you know, he knew that they have a mind of their own, and they don't always agree with men. And he knew that if, if she wasn't going to agree, he might as well give up right away, because and so Eliezer wants to please his master so much. He wants to please him so much that he just wants to know, what am I going to do if the woman's not willing to come? And I feel, what do I do then at that point? And Abraham, he understands. He understands totally Eliezer's question. So he responds, and he says to him, and he tells him, he says, look, if the woman's not willing to go, you're done. You're free. You're finished. It's over. It's good. And so, okay, so you'll be totally in verse eight. If the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath, only bring not my son thither also. So Abraham made it so clear, this has all gotta be based on the woman's willingness, on the woman's willingness. This is the basis for love, willingness, willingness. Abraham realizes that Eliezer has no control over the woman's will, and Eliezer is released from the charge if she's not willing. And when Eliezer heard that, Eliezer said, I'm in. Eliezer said, I'll put my hand, and he did. He put his hand under Abraham's thigh, and he swore to go, and Eliezer was determined, I'll do the best I can. And so Eliezer now leaves with 10 camels, loaded down with expensive gifts, 10 camels. And, he, and Eliezer starts his search. And so he goes, so he says, well, where do women go? You know, so he says, at the well, at the well, that's where they go. So then he goes there, and there's a lot of women there, and now he's faced with a big dilemma, which one, which one, which one? And so, and his question of which one was, which one is God's choice? Not my choice, but which one is God's choice? So then he turns to God, 
And he asks God, he prays to God in verse 12, and he says, oh, Lord God of my master Abraham. And this is so precious. We have the text of his, of his prayer. We have the very words recorded. He said, I pray that you send me good speed and show kindness unto my master Abraham. It shows that Eliezer was trying to please Abraham in all this. And, he's, and then he laid out his dilemma to God. He said, behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men come out to draw water. Let it come to pass that the damsel whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink. He wants, her to, to, he wants the woman to take down this pitcher she's got and, and give him some drink. And, drink. and then he wants the woman to say, I'll give the camels drink also. And he says, let that be the one that thou hast appointed for thy servant. Abraham, for thy servant Isaac, whereby I shall know thou show kindness unto my master. So what we see here in, in Eliezer is he goes to the well. This is love search. This is the search of love. This is love searching. And God answered that prayer. And before he was even finished praying, Rebekah came to the well, and when he saw her, he ran to her. It says in verse 17, the servant ran to meet her and said, let me, let me, I pray thee, Drink a little water of thy pitcher. Now you got to. This is really what he is. He, this is like the fleece that was set out. That's going to be wet. That's going to be dry. This is like really over the top. I mean, Re- Rebecca. You know, um, she could have showed some attitude in this. She could have really come. You know, come off with something like, "Well, you got a lot of chutzpah, pal. I don't see a disabled sticker on your camel." <laughs> You know, I'm a woman, the jar is heavy, you're a man, you're standing right in front of the well where you can get your own water, but now let me get this straight. You want me to take this heavy pitcher down and give you a drink? And he could have said, get your own water if you don't mind. But, but she didn't do that. She, and that's what made, the, that, that's what made the, the whole set here of what he was setting out before God so incredible. Because then Rebecca was so gracious that she quickly let down her pitcher, gave him drink, and then she said that she would give water to his 10 camels. And she ran to give the camels water. Now, let me tell you, camels can drink 30 gallons within 15 minutes, okay? And, and, this, was, and this was 10 camels. So you know what 10 times 30 is? <laughs> That's 300 so, so we're talking about Rebecca giving 300 gallons of water to these camels. Now, if she's carrying, it wasn't a plastic container, I guarantee you. It had weight to itself. If she's carrying five gallons, you ever carried a five-gallon plastic container? How about a five-gallon container that's made out of pottery? That's not easy. If she had that, I don't know. But let's, let's say she did. Let's say she was a strong woman. Anyway, she's carrying this five gallons, and now she's got to go to the well, draw the water out, fill this pitcher, carry it over, and give the camels water 60 times. 60 times she's got to go through this routine of draw the water out, fill it, bring it over, empty it for the camels, carry the pitcher back, do this back and forth, back and forth. That's a lot. That's a lot. But Rebecca passed the camel watering test. And that was amazing. And then at that point, Eliezer, no, I found God's choice. There's no woman that's going to agree to do this. Give me the water. Go through, and then she's going to say, I'll go, you know, 60 times. No, no. This represents love search. Love search. 
And now at this point, he knows he's found the woman. But now comes the hard part that he was all worried about. How am I going to persuade her? How am I going to woo her? How am I going to charm her to come? So what it does, it says in verse 22, it came to pass as the waters had, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of 10 shekels weight of gold. So what does he do? He gets out the box from Tiffany's. Okay, and he gives her very expensive golden earring and two very expensive golden bracelets. Why does he do that? Because Jewish women love jewelry. You know, that's why it's called jewelry. <laughs> that's bad. Sorry. Forget that. <laughs> now, at this point, he's just pulled out from his 10 camels just three very expensive, pure gold pieces of beautiful jewelry. And, you know, she, somebody's wondering, well, what else is in those camels? I wonder what's in those camels. And so that's why he brought servants, you know, to guard this thing. Anyway, so then next thing he does, he shows more chutzpah. <clears throat> he asked her for an invitation to stay at her family's house, <laughs> which she immediately agrees with. And then this, and now he's, this is great success for Eliezer, and he has one response when all this happens. He's blown away. It's over the top, and his response is verse 26. Nothing more. He just bows his head and worships. That's all he can do. He just bows his head and worships the Lord. And, but, but Eliezer didn't know that she had a brother. There was the Laban brother problem. And it turned out that this Laban brother was more interested in what was in those camels than Isaac, I mean, than Rebecca was. And so it says in verse 29, verse 29, Rebecca had a brother. His name was Laban. Laban plays a prominent part in Genesis here. Not so good, but anyway. Laban ran out unto the man unto the well, and it came to pass when he saw the earring and the bracelets upon his sister's hands, and he heard the words of Rebecca's sister saying, This spake the man unto me. He came unto the man, behold, he stood at the camps of the well, and he said, come in, thou blessed of the Lord. Oh, are you blessed of the Lord? Boy, those camels, that's a blessing of the Lord right in there. I wonder what they got. No, but that's not in the text. But that's what he's thinking. He says, wherefore standest thou without? I have prepared the house. How can you prepare the house? You just heard about the whole thing. And the room for the camels. Okay, now when it says that in verse 29, Rebecca had a brother. Oh, did Rebecca have a brother? And then Laban, and he wanted that wealth that was in there. Okay, so when it, when, when, it, when it came time to go, they didn't want to let him go. They didn't want to let him go. In verse 54, they did eat and they drank. And the men that were with them, they tarried all night. They rose up in the morning. He said, send me away unto my master. And her brother and her mother said, let the damsel abide here with us a few days. A few days, a few days. It sounds like three to me. A few, you know, a couple, a one, a couple, a few, right? A few days, at least 10. How do we go from a few to 10? So he says, at least 10. After that, she shall go. And Eliezer, now he, now he has to really put in the supercharge. He has to really put it down into the lower gear because now he's going to have to really work hard. He's going to have to work real hard. And he says in verse 56, he said unto them, hinder me not, don't stand in my way, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. If you stand in my way, you're standing in God's way. Send me away that I may go unto my master. So here, Eliezer, all that Eliezer has done so far, he gave a lot of gifts, 
and he was really putting on the charm and a lot of wooing and a lot of arguing. This is all love's pursuit, the pursuit of love, love's pursuit, where Eliezer is really striving now to convince Rebecca, to convince the family to let her go, and, and, and this is what's happening. And then comes this moment of great suspense, great suspense, and there's a pause here, and everyone has agreed that Rebecca alone should make the decision of whether or not she should go. So all the eyes now turn on Rebecca, and she's asked this vital question in verse 57, the vital question. They said, we will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth, verse 58, and they call Rebecca and said unto her, wilt thou go with this man? Will you go with this man? And we can just imagine the scene here. It's a climax. It's a real dramatic climax to this whole chapter where the stage is set, and here's all the characters there. I mean, there stands Eliezer, and Eliezer has got all this tension on him of his whole missions on the line, and he, what he was afraid of before is now in front of him. If the woman's not willing, then he will have failed in his mission. Sure, he's released, but he doesn't want to fail his master Abraham. And so there he stands, he's intense, he's tense. And there stood Laban and all of Rebekah's family, the mother and so forth, and they don't wanna let her go. And they're all resisting, they're trying to keep her, trying to hold her back. And far away is Abraham, and Abraham's tense with the excitement. Is Eliezer going to come back with a bride for Isaac? And also far away is Isaac, and he's waiting also to see if Eliezer is gonna return with a bride for him. And all the eyes now are focused on Rebekah. And Eliezer has stopped speaking, and he looks at Rebekah for her answer. And most remarkable, Laban has stopped speaking. And now he's just focused and looking at Rebekah. All eyes are on Rebekah. And Rebekah has asked this question, only she can answer this question. And the question is, wilt thou go with this man? She can, she's the only one. That's love's question. That's love's question. Wilt thou go? Love's question. She hears this. She hears love's question. Wilt, wilt, will, will you? And she knows she's being asked a question that she must respond to with her total person. Love's question is for a total person response. She must be convinced in her mind. She has to think about it and be convinced in her mind she should go. She has to be stirred in her heart with emotion, and she should have, she should have a heart response, she should go. She has to be determined in her will that she's going to let nothing, no obstacle stand in her way. And so this is the question for her whole person, her mind, her heart, her will. When then she hears the word, that's what she hears when she hears the word will, and then she hears the word thou, you, you alone, will you go, will you, will thou go, what's your decision? When she hears thou, then she's hearing a question that she understands is individual, it's personal, just for her. When she hears thou, she, thou, she knows nobody else can speak for her. They've been trying to, but they can't. And no one else can say that she will or she will not. This must be her own response. And this is love's question. Love's question is an individual and a personal question that demands a response from the mind, the heart, and the will. And there's this great suspense in the room. All the eyes, like I said, they're on Rebecca, and she gives a response. 
in verse 58, and she said, I will go. And when she says, I, she's saying, this is my decision. It's personal. It's individual. And when she said, I will, she's saying, I, my mind, I've thought it over. I've decided I'm going to go. I, I, with my mind, I made a decision. With my heart, it stirred. I'm emotionally engaged in this now. Yes, I will go. With my will, I will go. I will go. She makes this decision. I will go. And she's realizing her decision is final. She will never turn back again. As a matter of fact, she'll never see her family again for the rest of her life. She'll never see them. And she, this is going to be the last time that she's going to see her family. Her decision is final. There's going to be no divorce in this. She's going to go. She'll never look back. She'll never come back. And so Rebecca says, I will go. She knew that she alone was making this decision and that her decision was going to stand. And so she says, I will go. That's love's answer. That's love's answer. And then she said, I will go. That was such a decisive statement that determined her future. Her future was determined in that, I will go. You know, go. She says, go. You know, there's really two, two decisions there of go. Go from, go to. That's the two. The first decision is to go from. Well, go from what? Well, she was a daughter of, 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 in a rich home, Rebecca was. And, but she was really just the girl around the house. She was just the girl around the house. She ran errands. She went here. She went there. She would water the sheep. She helped around the farmyard with the animals. But her life was really relatively aimless. And she had no real purpose in her life. She was just the girl around the house. She didn't have a husband, so she had no children, so she couldn't build a family, so she couldn't drain children, she couldn't, she couldn't influence souls of people. She was relatively fruitless in this home. So when she says, I will go, then then she's saying, I am going from. I am going from a life of aimlessness, from a life of purposelessness, from a life of no fruit. She says, I will go. Rebecca is saying that she's forsaking all that. And in verse 61, when it says, Rebecca arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. And then it says, she arose, that's love's decision to forsake. Love's decision to forsake. That's what she did. And then, but the other part of what Rebecca was doing in her decision was that she was not only going from her old life, but she was going to a new life, to a new life. We see this especially in this verse, 61, where it says, Rebecca rose and followed the man. And for this new life, her family had sent her away with a great blessing, a great, a great wish. And they sent her away in verse 59, where it says, they sent away Rebecca, her sister. In verse 60, they said, they blessed Rebecca, and they said, thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions. Billions is what that is. And let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. See, these were blessings for her to have a great purpose in her life, to have a great aim in her life, to grab a great fruit in her life. Rebecca is now going to Isaac. She's going to Isaac, and she is starting on a pilgrimage. She's starting on a long journey, some 500 miles, as we said, and that's going to take, like we said, one to two months of her traveling along following Eliezer to reach Isaac. And now Rebecca is not looking back, but she's only looking forward to becoming Isaac's wife. And all along the way, just picture this journey now. She leaves, goodbye. And all along the way, she's going to face new challenges that she never faced before. She's going to cross a desert she's never seen 
the length of this desert before. She's going to cross a river. She's never seen such a large river before. She's going to go through valleys to all to get to Isaac. But it's during the process. It's during the one to two months of the travel that's so interesting. During the times at night around the campfires, during the times when they're traveling, what do you think they talked about when they were walking along and Eliezer knows everything about Isaac and she doesn't? And what do you think they talk about? And the campfires there, what's the weather like down there? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Because all along the way, all along the way, she keeps asking questions to Eliezer. Tell me about Isaac. Tell me about Isaac. Tell me about Isaac. And Eliezer talks all along the way. Oh, Isaac, he has great riches. Oh, he's got all the riches his father has been given to me. Come with me. I'll take you to him. And then she says, he says, Isaac, such a man of virtue. He's a clean man. He's a pure man. He's an honest man. He's a truthful man. Oh, he's so virtuous. Come with me. I'll take you to him. Isaac, glorious person. Isaac is in God's line to bring in the world's redeemer. Come with me. I'll take you to him. Isaac is the son of God's promise. God promised this son. Abraham was only one son. It's Isaac. Come with me, I'll take you to him. He's a meditative person. He loves to go out at the end of the day and just meditate before God. Come with me, I'll take you to him. He's the son of laughter. Come with me, I'll take you to him. And all along the way of their pilgrimage, Eliezer is glorifying Isaac as he leads her, Isaac, as he leads Rebecca to Isaac. That's love's decision to follow. Love's decision to follow. Now, finally, Eliezer brings Rebekah to Isaac. And we read about this in this uh, verse 66. The servant told Isaac all things he had done. And Isaac brought her unto his mother's Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife. When Eliezer brought Rebekah to Isaac, it's so simple. This marriage, it says he took her. He took Rebekah. No large, elaborate, expensive wedding parties. Just simply he took her. That's how she became his wife. So simple back then. But Isaac took her, and she became his wife. That was love's delight, love's delight. Finally, after such a long pilgrimage, where she's learned so much about Isaac, the anticipation has been so, has been building more and more. Finally, she's brought to him, and she becomes his wife. That was the day she was looking forward to when she became his wife. That was love's delight, love's delight. And then we read one more detail about Isaac in verse 67. Isaac brought her to his mother Sarah's tent, took Rebekah, became his wife, and he loved her. He loved her, and he was comforted after his mother's death. Do you realize that's the only time in any of the lives of the patriarchs where it ever says that a man loved his wife? He loved Rebekah. He loved her. Isaac loved Rebekah. Isaac loved and loved and loved Rebekah. And, and, and he's the only one that only had one wife, Rebekah. Absolutely out of the question that there would be another one, unlike Abraham and Jacob. Isaac loved Rebecca, and this shows love's commitment, love's commitment. So what we've seen, what we've seen in this picture, the gospel according to Moses here, is we've seen in the marriage of Isaac these parts of love, love's plan, love's criteria, love's basis, willingness, love's search, love's pursuit, Love's question, love's response, love's forsaking, love's following, love's delight, love's commitment. 
And all of this is the gospel. All of this is the gospel because the whole plan to get a wife all came from Abraham. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.